Hello and welcome to The Gist. I'm your host, Chris Vetrano, here every week breaking down all the things happening in pop culture. And today I have a very special guest to talk Real Housewives Ultimate Girls Trip in Thailand. Um, he's a pop culture expert who shares his take on the most relevant pop culture moments in his weekly interview series, We Should Talk. He's also a Bravo aficionado with a ton of opinions, and I can't wait to hear all of them. Uh, he's also interviewed most of the network's biggest stars. Please welcome to the just Gibson Johns. Thanks for having me. It's excited to be here. Yeah, this is going to be super fun. I, um, you know, I know we're going to chat Ultimate Girls Trip, and you know, for all of those folks out there that follow you on the socials, you share most of your opinions real time. So um, I'm hoping to get a little bit of that. But before we do, I'd love to just like for the people tell us how you came to love pop culture and then ultimately stumbled into this Bravo universe. I've, I've loved pop culture for as long as I can remember, honestly. Um, like when I was little, I'd watch Wizard of Oz almost every single day, like literally when I was like four years old. So if that was any <laughs> clue for, for what was to come. Um, yeah, no, I mean, I, 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 my older brother and I have a lot of similar interests and he was, he sort of paved the way in terms of like exposing me to a lot of pop culture growing up, I would say, um, you know, like. Britney Spears was huge for me. Like that was a, like, Same. I think pop, pop music was a really big way for me to get into things. Um, and I think through that and like caring about some of those pop st stars, I started caring about their personal lives and then following it, the celebrity angle through that. Um, but I always was, well, the TV was always on in my house, you know, mm -hmm. it was just one of those households and I'm, I'm grateful for it now. And, um, and then, you know, I, I, again, the TV was always on. So, and Bravo was on kind of starting around like the, the first Queer Eye and Project mm. Runway. And those, right. those really, those really early kind of, those early Bravo shows are part of that sort of reincarnation that like a, probably around the time that Andy Cohen joined that network behind the scenes. But like, right. it was those early shows that showed sort of a, were, were a glimmer of what was to come. Um, so because I was already watching those like with my family, basically, when Housewives came along, it was only natural that we were going to like start watching it. So I've been yeah. watching New York, Atlanta, Jersey, Beverly Hills. I watched DC because I'm from DC. Like I, I've been watching all of those since the first season. OC was like, a, I was never, I was not interested in that for a while. Like I didn't really tap into that until later years. Um, I, I don't really know why, honestly. I just like, for some reason, just didn't have the inclination, but. But you've gone back since. Yeah, of course. But, okay. you know, at New York and Atlanta, were the two that I really latched on to. Um, yeah. And now that I like think about it, I think a lot of that has to do with just how funny they were. And I, mm -hmm. I just like love the humor that came from both of those. And it's, it, I think it's kind of different humor, honestly, between those two, but like yeah. Bethany and Nini, like are those early days, man, like there's I mean, there was nobody funnier on TV, in my opinion. Totally. I mean, they, they're icons for a reason yeah. and they have had so much success. And I mean, OC was also so different in just the way that it was filmed and it was yeah. like still trying to find its footing. And, you know, we have epic moments like the family van moment and things like that that were early Vicky Gumbelson. But I think, you know, it really was like uh, New York and then Atlanta. And then when Jersey came and Teresa flipped the table, I feel like that's really when like suddenly it was like everyone totally. was talking housewives. A hundred percent. And and we watched Jersey from, from those early days too. And like, um, we, I wasn't necessarily like my favorite franchise because they didn't, I, I think again, cause I was like a little younger. So like it didn't make me laugh as much, but like 
I remember the table flip. I remember Danielle Staub. I remember Cop Without a Badge. My mom like loved the Manzos. Like it was just, we were quoting it from those early days. And um, that definitely like, I think brought it to fever pitch and kind of broke through that mainstream barrier, um, which we, which still happens these days, but less often. Um, But I think it's exciting when that does happen. Yeah. And you mentioned like your love of Britney Spears and pop music and sort of like following them and their careers and getting to know their personal lives. And, you know, probably I'm guessing probably like getting some of the magazines and reading the interviews and, you know, even some of the cheesy, like what's your favorite color and your favorite ice cream flavor and all of those things. And I feel like now the world has shifted where we're not like, we don't look at bot magazine anymore, but now we've got things like Twitter and Instagram and interviews like what you do that are bringing out some of that like story behind these characters that, you know, Bravo are kind of our pop stars today. Um, which is yeah, so cool. I think that's, yeah. I think that's a good, that's a good through line. Um, and I think that like just naturally as humans, like we want that behind the scenes peek at things or we want, yep to know whether what we're watching or seeing is actually real. And I think at this point we all know that like you can't take everything when it comes to celebrities at face value, because there's so much, there's so much work that goes into getting to what was presented to us and sort of like what, what those thoughts are. And I love thinking about things in that, on that level. Um, And I think with reality shows like real housewives and what's on Bravo, I do think it's all real, even though like obviously the setups are produced and and we we all know that if you're you're listening to this, you know that, but like, I still think there's like such a real element to it that um, makes it so like you really can't, you can't plot it out. You can't really predict how somebody's going to react to a certain topic being brought up or, or what have you. So, you know, I think, and I think the reason why professionally I sort of gravitated towards Bravo and, and reality stars is because, I like for a while I was interviewing just kind of like classic celebrities. Like I was interviewing really big names, but you know, I would get 12 minutes with them and they were Mm -hmm. promoting something and you know, you have to ask what they're promoting and then that leaves you with like maybe seven minutes or eight minutes. And then it's like, okay, in those eight minutes, are they really going to tell you something? Are they really going to like let you in and what have you? And I think sometimes like occasionally, yes, it did happen. Like I, I could successively disarm, Nick Jonas and like he could like tell me something interesting but like ultimately like the the batting average is lower with them in terms of just like getting something getting something with with a little with more to bite um and so I think when I started interviewing some some real housewives I was like oh like or I realized okay they are their profession is sharing their life and their profession is letting us in and that's like that's what keeps them employed like that is their job and so I was like in an interview setting and one, I usually got more time with these people and two, they'll tell you whatever the fuck you want to know. So like, (laughs) and I, and and, and I love that. Like, I was like, I don't want to like go into an interview and think, Oh, I can't talk about this. Like I want, I'm going to be scared to try to get to have this person talk about their relationship that we all know exists, but like we have to pretend it doesn't. And like that to me is like kind of getting back to that, like our celebrity artifice that like, yeah, I have, I enjoy going, punching through that. And so with the reality, with real housewives, you don't really have to do that. I mean, like, yeah, you have to like, they can spew their own level of like, you know, false reality and like what they want you to think. But like, ultimately it's easier to get around that. Um, totally. And I've enjoyed that. 
Yeah, no, I mean, that that makes a ton of sense. I think, you know, even for me doing this and like some of the interviews and, you know, working with their publicists and it's like, oh, you have this much time and we're going to, I want you mm-hmm. to hit these like three things that they're promoting. And it's like, yeah, well, how much did I actually get to know you or how did we really pull like a really cool conversation? And whereas exactly. like for like you said, the Real Housewives or any of these Bravo characters, they're doing um, doing this as part of their everyday life. And so it is interesting. I wonder what your take is, because obviously you do this. And so you bring a lot of like sort of breaking news through some of these interviews or you get a lot of these behind the scenes stuff. What's your take on, is it too much at times? Because I've, I've talked a lot on this podcast about some of the series where you know, we know, for example, like OC is in the can and it's been sitting in the can, but like, if something were to break tomorrow, like, I mean, mm-hmm. the best example is kind of like the Jen Shaw of it all is like, right. Uh, they couldn't go back like they did with Scandival and reshoot very much of that because it was like this whole season of her claiming innocence and then it completely changes. And I feel like some of that's happening too, even as some of these series are, are playing. I just saw recently, um, and that Sam uh, from Summer House, uh, the new girl on Summer House this week, mm-hmm. like just announced that like her and Corey are officially together and we haven't even seen that play out on the show yet. And so it's like, at what point is it sort of ruining the viewer's perspective of what's happening? Or do you have an opinion on that? Yeah, it's funny because I, I also interviewed Sam this week and I, it's coming out this week and I literally two minutes before this was uh, t- helping edit that. Um, yeah, no, but I, I think the, the the most prime example of this sort of like, it's sort of hard to keep track of the timeline. I think the the, the, mm-hmm. the, the, the most pertinent example of that is when they started, when they introduced Winterhouse, mm-hmm. which was an amazing idea. And I, and I don't, and I think it's been mostly successful for them, honestly, but it does complicate it because it's like, okay, they filmed Summer House, and then they film Winterhouse, and then Summerhouse airs, and then they film the Summerhouse reunion, and then mm-hmm. they film Summerhouse again. And then Winterhouse. It's it's really hard to keep track. And I think, you know, I think they're doing a pretty good job of like all things considered of of revealing things when they should be revealed and what have you. But I also do love that like with with Scandaval, with um, Drew Sedora. And mm-hmm. yeah, Ralph, like just racing to file for divorce, like they are showing that they're willing to pick the cameras back up and like yeah. fold that new stuff like into. I'm guessing the end of a season. Yeah. Um, it's it's, but it's definitely like a this is a new frontier for them. If they're willing to do this, it complicates. I mean, it's sort of a slippery slope. I think you know what I yeah. mean because then it's like they have to have an off season for themselves. They have to have time to like recuperate and recover from it's really grueling one to film and then also to watch it back and then film the reunion. Like I like when they have a little bit of more of a prolonged break between seasons. Like I'm glad Beverly yeah. Hills did that last, this past season um, because it was such a heavy situation. So I don't really know what the answer is in terms of like <laughs> uncomplicating that because I yeah. don't think that there necessarily is an answer. I think like I love the crossover winter house. I love ultimate. We're seeing an ultimate yeah, girl ship too. It's like, and I think the ultimate girl ship, I'm, I'm really liking this season, but like, I don't know if they realized how much, how over people were going to be about talking about the black guy, about talking about Heather and Whitney. like it's four or four episodes in. And I was over having this conversation again, Yeah, two episodes in, but then this is all also filmed before the reunion was filmed and, and before exactly. BravoCon. So like, it's, 
and so much has happened to a viewer. We've seen, you know, the fights at Bravo Camp. And yeah, yeah, we've seen all of these things play out. So we kind of know what's to come. And I mean, for the black eye, for example, it's new for all these ladies. Like they didn't Mm -hmm. know it had happened because, you know, they had just finished wrapping filming. I mean, literally walking in and Heather talking about like finding out about the guilty verdict and stuff, and you know, and, or the, I guess, guilty plea. And, uh, you know, that's just like, that's news for everyone there. So you're seeing their reaction and there's like, there is some stuff. There is, yeah, there's some interesting pieces to that, but I agree. It's like, I, you know, I, I did a like poll of like, whose side are you on in bad weather? And people are like, I don't care anymore. I'm over that storyline. Yeah, exactly. And, and I, and I think the, the one, one of the positives of that actually for me is like one of my issues just across the board with housewives are like, is are when especially newer additions to these shows, they care way too much about what people think and being liked. Mm-hmm. And I do think that Heather can fall can fall into that trap mm-hmm. a lot of the time. Yeah. And I think that her filming Girls Trip without realizing that like people were so over this, you know, it, there, there's I'm kind of glad she didn't know that. Even though it's kind of giving us more of that content, like I I don't like when she lets the viewer opinion into how she acts in front of the camera too much because then I feel like I feel like we've gotten a little bit further from like the authentic Heather that we I think all initially fell in love with um, totally and I and I think that she has to be she has to watch that and make sure that she kind of stays true to herself because ultimately I do really like Heather but I think that she's had a tough last year and a half on Bravo um, yeah. and I and I want her to get back to that original kind of self yeah I was wondering how ultimate girls trip was going to sort of either be redeeming for her. And then that first episode, I guess we can just transition right into it. Is like yeah. that first episode was just, I mean, she came out looking so bad having like shared with Leah that she like wanted to like give her drink or I guess with the other girls that they wanted to like pass her drinks. And, you know, she was really taking it to like a very dark place. And mm-hmm. again, it's like, it's not playing. And I wonder where that even comes from. They were talking, even part Portia was kind of like, Oh, she's a fan. She's a fan. And that really started to look bad. Yeah. Yeah. I think that poor, when Portia said that, and like we all knew, I think Heather's also like utilized that like identity as being a fan of housewives in like a really endearing way. Again, for her totally. first probably year, year and a half, two years in the public eye on these shows. Yeah. But at a certain point, it like kind of becomes grading and also be, kind of become like kind of starts to shoot her in the foot. And I think that Portia calling it out too as like a seasoned housewife who's kind of like, has no skin in the game at this point, honestly, because she's not even True. on a show. True. Like for her to call that out is it's tough. It was a tough look for Heather, I think. And it sort of it almost like it almost delegitimizes her in in this setting where like there are such heavyweight housewives um around her. Um it doesn't no, make her I'm, look great. No, I'm worried for her yeah. for this next season. I mean obviously she's she's filming, but it will be very interesting to see if this is her last because if she mm. can't kind of come back, I think that is the, I think that is the, the truth is like, she's looking like a fan. Yeah. And I wonder, I wonder, it kind of gets back into that conversation we were having earlier about sort of the timeline of it all. Like this is airing as Salt Lake is filming. So I wonder if any of this will play into what happened on Salt Lake. Like, like our, I'm assuming they're all watching it. Definitely Whitney and Heather, Heather are watching right. it. And like, Again, we know, I know, I feel like Heather, it's pretty clear that she does pay attention to what the audience is saying. Um, 
And so if she's like seeing one, how the other housewives are talking about her, her reaction to the Jen Shaw of it all in particular, to the Whitney of it all, is she, is that going to help her change her tune for the better? Or is it going to help right. her make her double down for the worse? Like, I don't know. <laughs> well, and, and Lisa Barlow has come out on top of this last season. Everyone loves her and she's had mm-hmm. such a incredible fan reaction. It will be interesting to see if Heather, who has been so anti-Lisa for so long, if she sort of changes her tune on that as well, because she could, mm. I mean, that would probably be her smartest bet at this point is to like I think so too. squash that beef and like try to, join back with the bad weather. Yeah, I think so too. And um, I mean, I, I, I do think, I think back to that lunch that we got right after mm. Genshaw pled guilty and <laughs> it was Lisa and Heather, which is a really unlikely duo to be so talking weird. about it. Yeah. It was such an interesting duo to pick to do that. And like, I kind of like the dynamic, so I'm, I'm, I would be, into, I would be into that for sure. Yeah, I loved. It. I was like, this doesn't feel like the final scene. I need like they're <laughs> right. together. I want to like <laughs> right. see more of this. I need this to be drawn out exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, what are what's kind of your take on the cast of Real Housewives Ultimate Girls Trip? Like, do you feel, especially putting it up against the other two seasons, and we obviously know what's to come on on four? Yeah. Like, do you? How do you feel about like the strength of this cast? I do. First, I'll say that I do really like that all three incarnations of girlship have felt distinctly different. I think Mm -hmm. it just like proves the worth of this format. And just like, it really does depend on the personalities that they're throwing into the mix. Um, I will say that this would be a much different season of girls trip. If Tinsley had actually gone and Portia had not replaced her last minute. I know. Um, I can't believe I think, I think Leo, I think Leo would be acting very differently. I think that she would have been received very differently. I think it would have been really interesting for Giselle. Cause I really love Giselle and Portia together. I think it's like a, I like chat room. I didn't watch it all the time. I, I you know, I would, I would kind of, I would like jump in and out of it. I would say when it was on, but them in the actual housewives setting is really like, it's my favorite part of this season so far. I think they're really funny. I think it shows a really, I think it shows the funny side of Giselle. That's I think sometimes people, people look past or we haven't seen as much in recent seasons or what have, what have you, but like Giselle is funny as fuck and Portia is really yeah. funny. And so like them together as genuine, really good friends has been really, I love watching that. Um, but without Portia there, like what would it have been like with Cam? I don't think Candace and Giselle would have been as, I don't think they would. I don't think it would have pushed them together. I think mm-hmm. it honestly would have maybe made them more even, even more adversarial with one another. Um, and then I think maybe it, it Candace just, and Tinsley could. I could see them yeah, having like I could see that too. a lot in common. Totally, um, I think that could have been a dynamic. But I think to your point is like it wouldn't have pushed Candace to Giselle, and I no. think then Giselle potentially ends up on her own, which I don't know if that would have been a, a good look for her either. Totally, like is she stirring the pot like just as a soul one one woman show? And I also think that like. I don't think that Leah would have repelled like the Miami women as quickly because I think yeah. they would have liked Tinsley as well because she has that sort of, you know, high class, right. you know, classy element to her that I think they kind of gravitate towards. So I think that that, they, and I think that like <laughs> Leah would have felt more comfortable. I just think it would have really, really changed things. But as it stands, um, I think it's good. Like, I don't think they have like the best cast chemistry necessarily. Like, I think it's not like perfect. Um, yeah. And it does feel right now that like, it's just like, they're all kind of anti Leah and Heather. <laughs> um, yeah. But you know, it happens, but 
I'm, uh, you know, I, I'm, I'm definitely enjoying it. And I think that like the, the mixture of the, the mixture of like old school, new school a little bit, especially with Alexia and Marisol, where like they, they consider themselves to be up there with like the OGs, like the Luans and the Teresas. They really consider themselves oh, to yeah. be sort of in that pantheon. And it's not that they aren't, but like they had 10 years off. So it's like, it's just like a really different um, thing. And it, yeah. it I love that sort of fourth wall breaking meta conversations that you can kind of read between the lines. And that that's ultimately why I love girls trip is because they yeah. really can talk about being on, being on the platform. Um, so I'm enjoying it. It's, I don't think it's a perfect cast, but it's, a, yeah. it's, it's been, it's been fun to watch so far. Yeah. I mean, I agree on the like Portia. I like can't imagine I put that in my notes. Like I was like, I can't imagine this without her. Like, first of all, she's like opening the whole series, kind of narrating us through all these women arrival. And then like, you know, some of her, like her with the triangle. Um, yeah. Oh, like, so you know, so it was just like, we need those moments, especially mm-hmm. because that's the one thing that I do feel about this cast, which I don't know if it again, all of these cast members came directly from filming their seasons. And so I don't know if that's the reason, but they're all just like at each other. And I can't even almost keep up with all the feuds because there's so many, like it seems like at at, at any given moment, it's like it's Heather and Whitney, but then it's Heather and everybody. And then it's Giselle and the, you know, Miami women. And then it's Giselle and Candace. And then it's, it's like, I can't even keep up with what's happening. It's a lot. Yeah. But I, I, I agree. I think Portia, they needed that. They needed that star power and that I think that she feels so comfortable in a scenario like this. Mm-hmm. And again, she has, again, she like really doesn't have that much skin in the game. Like she is not actively employed by Bravo other than this one, one off season. So like she, she brings levity to situations. That I don't think would have been there without her. Um, so I think I think what you're saying is like it almost would have been even more of that without her there. Probably because she does. I mean, she's definitely in the mix and she's definitely yes. got, been vocal and has her opinions. I but I agree. I feel like she was kind of she's playing the part that Phaedra did on the on the last one, totally. which is like a comic mm-hmm. relief. Like when things are getting really crazy or someone says something that's like maybe too inappropriate, she can kind of come in and and lay the like, you know, yeah. how did you know she was a lesbian because of her eyebrows? <laughs> like comment, like she can, she can say something that just like turns it around. I loved um, when she, uh, what did she say? She's called, uh, Whitney and Heather, Heather Graham and Whitney Houston. <laughs> oh my God. No, that was, <laughs> moment of the season so far <laughs> yeah i was like okay they're no longer bad weather like that's amazing mm-hmm. yeah. um but yeah it was uh it, it it's it does feel I, I agree with you that it feels so different from anything that they've done before and i don't know if that's just mm-hmm. the setting or if it's these women in general because i don't think we've seen a lot of representation from these uh different cities but yeah i am i'm a little worried about like how do we find some of the like levity? And one of the things I noticed that they're not doing this season is the like housewives after dark, um, mm. which is where you, in the previous seasons, you would see some of the like fun stuff. Like they knew like cameras are kind of down and we can all kind of just like let loose and play twister or do whatever it is that we're going to do. And then a lot of them would do the, um, the, confessionals and now it seems like a little more buttoned up it seems like they're doing more of the confessionals uh like in post instead of like real time so yeah i, I wonder if that's like part of uh, yeah, why i wonder feels- if, uh, 
I wonder if they were almost like too tired to do those in those on the fly confessionals. But I agree, like that was a that, I loved that, especially about season two and honestly season one. And um, mm-hmm. I think that like I agree with. I mean, season one, like the drama never got really dark. There was some there was drama, but it was like basically just Ramona, you know, and like some yeah. Cynthia stuff. But like yeah. season two, the, there was a lot. There was a good amount of drama on season two, but like you kind of knew they were going to wake up the next morning, like. And just kind of like forget about it and move on for the most part. And like that's sort right. of how the and that was a lot of older that was a lot of older school housewives. And that's sort of I think how how they tend to operate. And I and I I think that this is a reflection of like the 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 scale is definitely there are some older school kind of mentalities, I think, especially with like Portia and Alexia and Marisol, but like the Salt Lake women, Leah, even and Candace and kind of Giselle, I think somewhere in the middle there mm-hmm. have the sort of the more new school mentality, right? And I think that a lot of the newer housewives can get bogged down with, you know, staying on this one thing or like it gets, it can get darker quicker. And I don't think yeah. it, and that's harder to watch. And I think that there's definitely a lack of like, even when they're having fun on this, on this trip, it doesn't feel as like pure fun. I don't know. There's, there's like a, it's not as fun for us to watch almost like it, which is in a weird way. Like, like in the Berkshires when they would, I don't know, be in the hot air balloon. Like I was like laughing along (laughs) with them, you know, like I'm doing that less this time, I would say. Yeah. Or the like field day or whatever they did. Exactly. Exactly. Was also, I guess they did do that, um, like pickleball or whatever they, the, the volleyball-ish game and the suits. I guess they are doing some of that, but it does feel a little bit more scripted in the fact that like it's, we're going to have a dinner and then we're going to have a, or we're having a lunch and whoever's hosting it is going to play some kind of game that's going to ultimately draw, like bring out some drama and then we're going to go to dinner and then at (laughs) dinner, we're going to do the same thing. Continue that. Yeah. So it's like, it doesn't, there's a little less of that, like just downtime in between where people are kind of reacting to what's going on. And so far, my favorite parts have been that, like when Giselle and Portia are like in their room together, sort of like chatting and and being shady and uh, Portia's ordering KFC from Pepsi, (laughs) which I mean, Pepsi's kind of the standout. I mean, he's totally, it's almost like they they almost need more of him. I would say. I, I thought he was, I mean, he was in the, trailer i thought he was going to be kind of uh more of a staple in the in this uh, season right and, and i think it, it's sort of i'm thinking t- i'm kind of again i'm in real time comparing this season to other ones but like the other ones also had i think more housewives that weren't currently on shows or like yeah i think the ratio is definitely more weighted towards that and i think that that they were more fresh. They were more like kind of game, just like jump in and, and bring it all and be, and kind of bring their full selves. I think that gets back to what you were saying of like, they, a lot of them, a lot of them in this season were coming directly off filming. They're flying all the way to Thailand. They're tired. They're, they're weighed down by, they're exhausted by some of this drama that they just had on their own seasons. And like, maybe that's also why Portia is standing out so much is because she hasn't been filming recently. And she's like, she's, she's, she's so down. Like, ex-wives club was essentially like a tryout season for women to get back on their shows season one was ogs and like some of them were still on their shows kenya and and kyle but like and melissa but like a lot of them and Teresa, but like a lot of them were i mean the new york women cynthia had just sort of left her show i think and 
I don't know. It's uh, there's something to be said. Maybe it's the, the formula for these shows is, and I think the next season is like this. It's more former housewives who want their moment in the sun. They're going to bring their full selves. They're they're right. really they're not exhausted by the calendar of being a current housewife, which is, you know, admittedly very exhausting. Yeah. Well, and it's you know we were talking about how the all this crossover, and you were saying Salt Lake City's filming now, and obviously they're probably watching it, and we got. Uh, in one of the episodes, we got a cameo from Lisa Barlow. Yeah. And, you know, she's saying things about Heather. And so it's like, there's another thing where like, this is now going to potentially bring this whole bad weather storyline into the next season of Salt Lake City. And like, we've already talked about it's it's tired. And I think with some of that, like ex-wives style uh, casting, we get a little bit beyond that, which is, I mean, it, it seems like that would be the smarter move. Um, to get better content. And what do you think about Portia? Do you think that this is her sort of entry point back? Do you think that Bravo is going to find a home for her again? Or I'm trying to read it because I feel like on the show, she said, she kind of implied that like, she's really over it and she doesn't Mm -hmm. really, I forget what the comment was, but I feel like she said something along those lines, but then she was on watch happens live and she was like, basically never say never like yeah. you know and it's it's sound definitely more hopeful than i expected it to um you know i think it's one of those things where portia started her current relationship which she seemed they both seem very happy in in a really messy way and she yeah. i don't think she want she did not want to have to fully address Answer that head on she, she got her spin off but like that was sort of more on her own terms she, you know, when she left Atlanta, she also quit Dish Nation, which were like also would have been an avenue for her to kind of have to address it. Mm-hmm. And I, th- I think, she, I mean, if she was pretty smart, you know, I think that she, Portia, was on this trajectory that is very, I mean, it was on this incredible upward trajectory that, that was sort of like years in the making. And I don't think yeah. she, like, she turned it around so well for herself. And that threatened that i think that the, the thing with her with her new husband really threatened that because people sort of were sketched out by how they kind of got together yeah. um and i think i think at this point she's pretty much answered for it so like she's i think she wanted to weather that storm out of the away from the cameras right. and out of the public eye and i think that now that she probably is getting a taste of like oh like i didn't ruin my reputation like i people still love me this this show yeah. is making people fall back in love with me or reminding them how much they did love me cuz i think the spin-off was also kind of like messy and like kind of yeah. dark it was a i didn't watch the whole thing so i think that maybe it's telling her maybe when they were filming the confessionals for this season she she was still kind of wary about it but now that mm-hmm. she's on Watch happens live they've aired three episodes and it's like oh no people still freaking love Portia Williams, Portia yeah. Bobadia, excuse me. Um, <laughs> yeah. Maybe she's like, Oh, maybe I, maybe there is an entry back for me. And I haven't, I think she, I think she was kind of more nervous than she would ever admit about that. That's my read on the situation. And I would love yeah. to her for her to be back. I think she's one of the biggest stars they have at their disposal, honestly, just in general. Um, so I'd love to see it. I, I can't fully read it, but that's, that's sort of how I'm thinking about it right now. Yeah, I mean, well, I, I did love, I I felt the same. I was like, when, I mean, from episode one, when I first saw her, I was like, oh, we need her back on our TVs. Like, and I agree, the spinoff was super dark. I I did finish it, but only because like, I I have a problem where I can't stop something I start. <laughs> but, I, 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 I'm getting through that problem, but I have the same problem. Yep. Yeah, it's like, I'm like, oh, this is not worth watching, but I've got to just finish it. Yep. Um, but I loved when she was like, oh, like, okay, bravo, I see you trying to get me back. And, and the producer's like, uh, 
for the last time, this is Peacock. <laughs> like, and she's like, huh? Um, and that's, it's just like the, I mean, she's the best and she like knows how to deliver a line and knows like what people want to see. So I would love to see it. I think it'd be, you know, I understand why Phaedra didn't land back on Atlanta. Um, but I think that there is potentially a place for her on Atlanta. Um, which I'd love your thoughts on the, we got the trailer of Atlanta. What are your thoughts on this upcoming season? I think the trailer looks pretty great. I really do. Like I'm, I still think Atlanta is like kind of figuring it out in terms of getting back to like the true glory level of like what their glory days were for Atlanta. And I think they have it in them. Um, but I was really, I was like, really, I watched that and I was like, okay, I'm excited. I'm laughing. There looks like there's some good drama. I can't, and I don't, I liked that I didn't have a full read on what was going on. Like I yeah. couldn't fully tell like who was fighting with who in certain moments. And I like that. Like, I don't like when they revealed too much or when we know too much going in, like I like to be surprised. Um, right. And so I'm, I'm, I'm hopeful for it. I honestly am. I just, I, the Drew stuff. Um, I don't, I still don't think that she's ever fully been like authentic with like fully authentic with us. And that gives me pause, but maybe this, I, I think it's almost going to be shades of like, it's obviously a very different situation, yeah. but it's almost going to be shades of the Jen Shaw thing where like, it's going to, what we know ends up happening is going to make us question everything we've been shown from her up until this point. And I, it's going to either, it's going to force her hand. Like she, she, now we know that her relationship was as dark as we knew it was, but like, she wouldn't really admit mm-hmm. it. Um, and, you know, I think she wanted to paint this picture of her life, but like ultimately that you're not going to get away with that on a housewife show. So, um, she, I'm curious for her and what we see from her and Ralph, you know, up until yeah. the new footage comes out, but I'm hopeful. And I, I think that lastly I'll say is like, I am a big Marlo fan. And I, and I don't love how much she was being iced out at the end of last season. I think it's mm-hmm. that's a really dangerous game to play when you're on an ensemble show like this. It, yep it creates for like a roadblock and I understand why they were doing it, but it creates a roadblock. And then also just ultimately, usually what happens is like, it makes people be kind of circle back to be on that isolated person's side right. because it, it starts to make the people who are doing the isolating look bad. And so I hope that they, you know, open that back up, but I don't know if they will. Yeah. Cause I mean, cause I think they need her. I think that they need, they do. The, I mean, she is kind of the, the Nini, Portia comic relief that that show needs. I mean, Sheree's given us some great stuff, but Sheree's also like at times inauthentic or wasn't always like clear yeah. what she's been, what she was doing with that guy. And then, um, you know, obviously she by Sheree has just been a big old mess. And, you know, so it's like, we, we don't really know what we can like take from her as face value. And, and so, yeah. And I agree with on the Drew stuff because it, I think it is, I think the Jen Shaw is probably very accurate where we're going to like see things where we knew that Jen ultimately, you know, changed her plea, but she's saying one thing. And so I feel like we'll get a lot of like her trying to come to defense of her husband at the time. And then it's going to all come kind of crashing down in the final episode or whatever. Yeah, we, we know we know these new Atlanta editors from from last season. Like they aren't they are not afraid of a of a flash forward, flashback, <laughs> yeah. graphic, what have you. Like they're gonna interject in like all these moments, I'm sure. Well, I'm sure they're re editing. Yeah, I mean I hope so because I do feel like um and and I wanna get your thoughts on on the scan of all of it all of of course, but I do feel like it's really strange how Vanderpump is like turning out because I felt like okay, I'm gonna 
I just want to get to that. Like now we know this like huge, huge thing and we're being fed this like Tom Schwartz, uh, Raquel storyline. And I was like, I don't think it's going to be enjoyable to watch. But then there's been like so many red flags or there's been so many things in it that it's like, well, it is actually kind of interesting to like watch this now and see all of these things that it seems so obvious in our face. And it's not like something that we could that we could like comprehend and the editors even didn't know at that time. And, you know, Andy has said they have not recut these episodes and that's just wild to me. Yeah. It's um, it, I've said this before, but it's, it's creating for a, a truly new viewing experience where, you know, with Jen Shaw, like we knew that she ended up pleading guilty, but you can't really pick up on like signs of her guilt, like in scenes with Heather Gay or like scenes with Barlow, like right. with, with Vanderpump Rules, like we can be the ones that are reading, reading between the lines and picking up on body language and picking up on throwaway comments now that again, we're not edited in, but it's, it's creating for this, like, there's kind of like this dual way of viewing it where you, you can view it as they were going to present it without Scandaval, like pre-Scandaval, and then you can mm-hmm. view it with the post-Scandaval mindset in mind. And Brian Moylan does a really good job of outlining this in his Vulture recaps, but like, mm-hmm. it's, it really is kind of like, you have to think about it on two different levels. And it's, it's, I think it's really fun. It's really fun. Yeah. And like, I agree that I was curious how the rest of the season was going to feel, but it's working for me. And like, I, I was already loving this season of Vanderpump rules. Like it really did feel like a return to form. And now mm-hmm. it's like, you know, a, a, a new level of form that they're giving us. Um, and so I'm really liking that, uh, the, that kind of double read that we're having to do. Yeah. I was having, like, I was in that stage where I was like, Oh, I could be, I could give up Vanderpump and be fine. Mm-hmm. Um, but of course I, I can't stop what I started. <laughs> so I was like, all right, fine. I'll watch one more. And then I was so glad that I did because, you know, it was, it reminded me, I think I said this on the, on the podcast, um, when it first started as it reminded me of, I watched Beverly Hills 90210 growing up and mm. then kids like were high school students and then they went to college and it kind of changed. And then all of a sudden there was like this, they graduated college and it was like, well now what is the show going to become? And then like the next season came back and it was like sexier and it was like these adult storylines and they like yeah. weren't trying to be young kids anymore. And Cause I think they knew at that time, like that wasn't going to play well for the show. And they just sort of leaned into making it more of a Melrose place. And I feel like that's what Vanderpump finally did is they leaned on the fact that, okay, these kids are not kids anymore. These are like grown adults that are dealing with like divorce and like really adult things. And then, you know, obviously no one knew what was going to happen with, with the Scandaval stuff, but it's just like, it feels really, really authentic again. And it feels like a new show almost this season in a way that like revitalized the whole thing. Totally. Yeah. It's, it really is. They're dealing with like housewives level issues of business problems and divorce and, and, you know, I guess like some custody, probably custody stuff, Lala. like there, there's yeah. certain things that are coming into this and like homeowner, home ownership. Um, but they, and they've kind of given up the, the false, the false, what like setup of like still working in the restaurant for the most part. Like I still, right. they still kind of push Raquel to do that, which whatever. <laughs> yeah. Um, and like Lisa Vanderpump for some reason still gets like first seat at the reunions, which like, I don't understand that really. No. Um, but I, I don't dislike having her around because I still think she's kind of like a great mentor figure for some of them at certain points. But um, yeah, it's, it's been really great. But I also think that what's really smart of them is like they still haven't lost the 
they haven't tried to make it full housewives where it's right. like high class and like these people have mm-hmm. money now like no like they still are really useful people who party a lot and they're really messy and they like haven't fully made their homes nice and like they <laughs> they have the money but they don't know how to use it yet you know and yeah. so it's um i'm glad that we still have that because ultimately you know they are they should feel i think part of the appeal of random is also that they could they feel like they could be like our friends you know like they they aren't it's on unattainable level of lifestyle that they're living and I think yeah. that makes that makes what they're going through like more relatable and, and, and really does like help us latch onto them in a different way than we do with like with a housewife. Um, so I'm glad yeah. they haven't lost that element as well. Yeah, no, I agree. I think if they're going to make it housewives, it's like, then it would just be ho- right. another housewives. And this feels like still like a different show and that I'm w- watching a different like ensemble cast to do to something different. But um, so what was kind of, I mean, so there was rumors and I don't know if it's confirmed yet, but um the reunion is apparently going to be a longer, there's going to be like longer extended episodes that are going to be exclusive to Peacock. Mm. Do you know, is that, is that, well, I saw that Andy said that on his radio show. Um, and and yeah, he said that he said that he believes that Peacock will have extended versions of the episodes and that he had done one-on-one sit downs with Raquel, Tom and Ariana. Um, which to me, like that feels like where the extra footage should probably come in. Cause I, right. I mean, I would love to see those one-on-one sit downs completely unedited, just like presented to us. I, I would, I would yeah. watch eight hours of that. Um, so yeah, I think he did. He did say he thought that that was what's going to happen. Okay. I, um, yeah, I wasn't sure if that was just like hearsay or, or, and I didn't know what the extended part was. Cause I'm like, mm. I hope that we're not going to get, you know, a three part reunion where part three is when we start talking about Scandaval. Um, I know because I can't talk about Sheena's wedding for an entire <laughs> well, hour. I was, I was listening to which podcast. I think it was Lala on Sheena's podcast. I'm getting confused. I'm listening. To, I'm trying to listen to like as much of that, like extra content as possible, but I'm pretty sure last week on Sheena's podcast, Lala basically said like, you know, I don't prepare for a reunion, but I did say to the producers that like, I really wanted us to still, or I guess the producers called actually all the cast members before they filmed the night before they filmed. And they were like, do you guys want to like still go deep on the existing storylines that were still part of the regular season, yada, yada, yada. And they all said yes, because they all still like, some of that is still relevant. Some of it, I mean, they all still deserve their moment, of, like their video package and, and what have yeah. you. And Lala said that like, even though they all wanted to do that, it, it, it just kind of like, it didn't really work, but they all just kind of like wanted to talk about Scandaball once yeah. they got there. Um, yeah. But, I heard it like got heated within mm-hmm. minutes of everyone right. sitting down. Which I, I, I totally believe. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, this is like a very feisty cast mm-hmm. of characters. Um, and so I can't imagine like having these people sitting across from you. And, and I did notice uh, when they released all the re- reunion looks, um, Raquel's the only one that never posed for a photo. I did notice that. I wondered, I wondered what the explanation was there. Yeah. I feel like she must've just, I mean, I have to imagine that. She, I mean, also this is the girl who said that the only reason that she took the Tom Schwartz photo is because she like wanted the media to use some sort of like different photo that was out there. And then all these paparazzi shots that I think she's setting up herself are horrible of her. We're getting like the worst photos of her. And so it is strange that she like wouldn't pose for this, but it seems like maybe something happened where she was probably not on set. 
Yeah, I'm guessing they started with the Sheena stuff. Mm-hmm. Or Sheena, Sheena had the stool for the stool, the stool first, <laughs> and they probably did the photos before when the glam was still fresh. You know, that makes sense. Um, and oh, so maybe and they just, maybe they just forgot to do it with Raquel when she joins that. I don't know, but because things got so crazy. Yeah, I karma's a bitch. I'm so disappointed that we couldn't get Sheena and Raquel face to face. I know. I mean, that whole situation is just like so. Again, you can, we can see right through it, and yeah, it's just Raquel has changed her tune so much in terms of like the narrative that she's trying to push, and like I don't know. I mean, like she's she's out here like hanging out with Sandoval at their house. Yeah. Meanwhile, her initial statement, which like on the day, we, even though it became late on the day she released, it, I was like, you know what? It's like all things considered, like a pretty decent statement where she was like, I want to work on myself. Blah, 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 blah. Well, that didn't really last long, did it? No. You know? Yeah. So. Well, and it seems like after the reunion, that's sort of when they sort of gave up any mm-hmm. kind of facade. It just seems yeah. like You're whatever right. happens at the reunion, they were like, okay, this is just like where things are going to go now. Mm-hmm. Um, and now everyone's kind of like free to talk about whatever. Yeah. And, and I think it's, you know, again, I keep, I keep on looping back to the, our first conversation about the timelines and stuff. And like, mm-hmm. I think I thought I was going to feel the way we said, which is like, I'm ready for this reunion, like cut through all the, no, but like, I'm actually, I'm good. To, I'm good to see how it all leads up. Cause I yeah. actually want to know all the different kind of steps along the way. I, I'm so excited to see the new footage that they, that they are tacking on to the end of the season before the reunion. Like I want to go through all those steps before we get to the yeah. reunion. Um, and I'm almost, I'm kind of surprised I feel that way. Or there, maybe I'm just pleasantly surprised about how it's come, how they're, Again, they haven't re-edited it, but the way it's being presented to us is really well done, I think. Yeah, I mean, and like you said, you're you're really watching it in a completely different way. And it has I have a little bit of um Scandival PTSD because I, <laughs> I talked about it on my previous uh, recap episode of last week's uh, Bravo shows. Um and I said that there was like a scene in Summer House where Paige says to Kyle, um, oh wow, this is the second uh second week in a row that I'm sexually attracted to Kyle. And I was like, Oh god, it sent a chill down my spine because I was like, Oh god, what if this is the next scandal? No, no, don't even speak into existence. <laughs> I know. Oh I my know. god. I was like, I, I I had to like put it out there and then I like felt like I needed to apologize for even putting it in the world. Um but yeah, it was it was pretty wild uh to see that like scene and then i started like watching summer house with that same sort of lens and i was like i have to not be thinking that everyone is doing this shit behind the scenes because i know i know there, there was a dumois thing about kyle yeah. i think and like i i don't really uh i don't really take i don't really put much weight on a random dumois thing and they dispel that stuff on watch happens live but I think I actually think that people are still reading Summer House in that way this season, regardless of what they've said. Um, I'm not because I, I don't believe it, but um, there's definitely you're right. There's definitely I think people are it's wet people's appetites for yeah. more like, of this kind of subtext, you know. Yeah. Well, and then we got the like Southern Charm news about like Austin and and it's like oh so now God, everybody's trying to yeah they're just trying to bring it out. I am curious because you know we talked about Vanderpump and how it like kind of had a refresh and they've kind of left behind this facade that they're servers and that there's these young kids. I feel like Summer House is in the same sort of space that it needs a little bit of a 
And I don't know if it's a refresh, but I feel like maybe I just need more scenes of them like living their actual lives, like yeah. being adults. Because I mean, we're about to celebrate Kyle's 40th birthday. And it's like, I'm not believing that he's the same guy that Stassi, you know, that offended Stassi in the hot tub in the first Prior season. Two jobs. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I, um, I agree. I agree. It's, it's, it's definitely, it feels like a transitional season for summer house. Um, I'm actually, and I'm actually not as, I don't, I do feel that about Kyle, but I don't feel it as much because of his age. I don't think he acts like he's 32. You know, I don't think he acts like he's 40. Um, at least when they're filming, I think outside of the summer, he actually doesn't really party that much anymore, but, um, it's, you really feel it the most to me with Carl Lindsay. And, and Mm -hmm. it's, it's hard because at this point we're seven seasons in and we're so, at least I, I'm, I'm, I don't want to speak for anybody else, but I feel like people are really attached at this point to, it was a slower burn, but we're attached to Carl. We're attached to Lindsay. We're attached to Kyle and Amanda. And like, there's no roadmap for how you transition somebody out of summer house. And like, what do you transition to them? Not being on TV. Do you, right. can they create another show that creates this sort of kind of catch all for people that can graduate from summer house and maybe graduate from Southern charm too, because we're, there's so much inner dating. Like, Maybe there is that show where it just takes place in the city in the off season, not in the summer. We follow their lives as they kind of level up like Vanderpump has, bring in some more of their other friends to have some more like authentic adult drama. I think there's a, I think that there's a show there because I think that they've found, they've put so much work into, into making summer house what it is, which is like a a show that people are actually watching. And a lot of that is because of the personalities that are on this show. And I think to just throw that away at the, sort of at the peak of the show, I can imagine them doing that. But I also don't, I again, like that, that next stage doesn't exist yet. But I do think that like, I would 100% watch a show like that. So, yeah. well, and I've seen like a lot of people online, like have said, you know, graduate Lindsay to, you know, Roni now that like they've rebooted their cast and people have like, you know, I, I saw something about how Lindsay is older today than Bethany was when Bethany got married aired. <laughs> right. And it's like, so Bethany could be a housewife. Like why can't Lindsay? And then like make Carl the house husband. And I'm like, I don't know. Cause then I feel like we're getting into a weird territory where like, there's too much crossover. No, but point. I also think that like what, what we were saying earlier with Vanderpump, it's like these people aren't, it could work, but like, I also think that these people like aren't necessarily housewives material just in right. terms of like their lifestyles. Like they have, they live like a, a more youthful life and they right. partying is still sort of an element. I know that Lindsay and Carl are obviously less so these days, but like that's still an element. I don't know. I don't, yeah. to me, it's just like make the Vanderpump of the East coast, the, 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 the Vanderpump 2.0 of the East coast. Just make that you can yeah. keep summer house, make it like all 20 somethings. And like you, there can be two shows here. Yeah. It'll be like when Whitney left the Hills and, and created <laughs> yes. the city. Like the exactly. moved everyone to the city. Exactly. Um, yeah, well, I I definitely, you know, love all of your takes. Uh, before we wrap, like, is there any other sort of like things that you're really looking forward to that's coming on Bravo? Like one that you're in either a new show or maybe some of the storylines yeah. that we have to come. I'm really excited. You're not a big New Jersey fan, so I'm trying to like steer away from the Teresa of it all. Right. I don't. Yeah. Um I'm really curious to see what they're going to do about Jersey. I mm-hmm. was just talking to somebody who works at Bravo and I was just like, what are you guys going to do? And he was like, I don't know. Um, 
I am really excited about Summer House Martha's Vineyard. I think that that trailer was really yeah. promising. It's three minute trailer for a first season of a show like that is really rare to me. I think the Southern Hospitality tra- trailer was like a minute and a half. So, and I loved that show. I hope that show mm-hmm. gets a second season. Same. Um, Cause that's I'm, the new I, Vanderpump. That's yeah, the, and, and, and they have like a, they have such an effortless, authentic messiness to them that like, totally is real. It just, they have a, I hope they lean into that show because I think yeah. it's really promising. Um, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm interested in what Beverly Hills has in store for us. I think they're, I think they're bringing in a lot of old people to that show. And I don't know if that's a good or a bad sign. I think it yeah. tends to be like, not a great sign for what's happening on the season, but I'm hopeful. Um, I'm happy Renna's not on the show anymore. And oh, good. Okay. Yeah, so we, yeah, we won't, yeah. We won't fight that one out. No, we won't fight that one out. I'm, I'm firmly on that side of things. Good. I don't know. I think, I think we're in a pretty good. I'm enjoying being a Bravo fan right now. I think that like yeah. the, the pandemic had a little bit of a dark turn there, and mm-hmm. um, I think we're on the other side of that. So I'm, 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 I'm uh, very enthused <laughs> by what we're yeah. having right now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I am looking forward to OC. I think um, I'm interested in seeing Tamra back and, and. I didn't necessarily need Vicky back, but I think that like we potentially are in for something cool there. Um, and then, yeah, I agree with you on, I don't know what's going to happen to to Jersey, but I'm done with Teresa and Joe's storyline and I'm ready to like introduce these new ladies. Um, so I'm curious to see how that kind of wraps. Yeah. Um, I know that they were all like, I think issued a gag order. So they had to like stop talking about things. Um, oh, really? I didn't see that. I didn't realize that. Yeah. They're not I'm allowed glad. to talk about the season Good. on their podcasts and stuff. Cause they're like, I think they want to save some of the storyline. Yeah. yeah. That's um, smart. But yeah, so, well, that's awesome. Um, tell folks where they can catch you. I know you've got your weekly series, so where can they find that? And then also just follow you, yeah. uh, your socials. Yeah, so my series is called We Should Talk. You can watch it or listen to it. You can listen to it wherever you get podcasts, one or two episodes a week. Each episode is just one interview with a reality star, some sort of celebrity. And then um, you can watch it on YouTube or on Yahoo, um, or I always link to it whenever a new episode comes out on my socials, which are Gibsonoma, G-I-B-S-O-N-O-M-A across all the platforms and then i also have a newsletter of the same name where i just send stuff out once a week which is um, really fun so yeah thank you so much for having me this is so much fun yeah thank you for doing it um like i said you you have lots of opinions and I always, <laughs> sometimes i agree sometimes i don't listen but, but i, I think, I think healthy healthy disagreement is good as long Absolutely. as like you can be level with expressing that i'm i'm all for disagreeing but like some, some of these online spaces that we occupy just don't allow for that or don't yeah. really whatever. But I, I love the healthy disagreement on the housewives. That's what I do with my friends every day. So Yeah. yeah. Well, I was definitely uh, team Gibson in one sort of online thing that I saw. Um, I, I also you. don't think Chris is that. bringing much to Summer House. And I appreciate you saying that. I don't think that, that it has anything fun. to do with like anything, anything other than that he is just kind of boring and he's not like maybe great tv but yeah yeah i um, think not, not everyone's made to be a reality star and that's okay and it has nothing to do with anything else yeah. and it's I, I'll, I'll just say that i've not seen anything that has like conflicted with that assessment of what's going on there so yeah 
Thank you for that. (laughs) So um, I will be continuing to support. And again, thank you for stopping by. Um, For you all out there, thank you for listening. Uh, You can follow me at CM Vetrano on all the socials. Um, And of course, rate and subscribe so that you never miss an episode of The Gist. Gibson, thank you so much. And um, hopefully we'll have you back again and and talk more Bravo because I feel like I could do it all day, every day. Yeah, I'll, I'll come back whenever you need me. This is so much fun. Awesome. Well, I'm going to hold you to that. Um, And again, to all of you out there, thank you so much for listening. I hope you all have an incredible weekend. Until next week, bye. 